0: When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply.
1: Nothing ruins a perfectly good grocery haul like surprise fees. That's why Kroger has free pickup so you can get what you need and none of the extra charges you don't. Simply head to the Kroger app and start your cart. And enjoy the perks of picking up groceries and household items without hidden fees. Now, the only surprise will just be how amazing that new flavor of ice cream tastes. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability.
3: Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as we continue through this quest of ours through the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, and the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 p.m. Eastern right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Live. And our growing family of broadcast affiliates right around this little blue planet of ours, you can always visit us on our social media sites, Exon Radio TV. If you have any questions or if you'd like to uh, suggest something, send a, an email to me here in the studio studio at tv.com and our radio website at www.exonradio.com. My first guest tonight at Exon Nation is Denise Leota Dennis. She is one of less than 100 genuine feng shui masters in America today. She has studied with four noted feng shui masters from China, Malaysia, and Australia, including Grand Master Yap Ching Hai, and belongs to his 400-minus-year Wu change Pai feng shui mastery lineage. Born to an entrepreneurial family, Denise possesses over 30 years' experience in business ownership. Joining me now is Denise leota Dennis, and uh, Denise, welcome to the X Zone.
5: Hi, thank you, Rob.
3: Now, um, your 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 feng shui profession. Uh, you it says in your bio that you are one of less than one hundred feng shui masters in America today. How can that? You know how how does that work?
5: Well, there's um, – we're, we're going to probably talk about the differences of feng shui mm-hmm. that are practiced in, in the United States and America on the American continent. Um, it, it came over from China, and so I don't know um, all of the feng shui masters. There could be some Chinese masters um, in, in America, but I put 100 less because we're doing the type of feng shui that's authentic. We call it classical feng shui. So there's a lot of feng shui out there, but they're not genuine feng shui, so – I say that I'm one of less than 100. It's probably one of less than 50, but um, because it's so little known in America.
3: Um, there's black hat feng shui uh, as one example. Mm-hmm. How would your feng shui differ yeah. from black hat, which is taught by a yeah. Chinese master, jo- the, you know, uh, Dr. Joseph Wu? Uh, yeah, uh,
5: jo- uh, a Master Grandmaster Joseph Wu is in Canada, actually, and he mm-hmm. was one of my first classical feng shui teachers right and um he does classical so he's, he's originally from hong kong and my uh, primary teacher grandmaster yap chang hai is mm-hmm. from kuala lumpur so on the on this side of the world there are not too many um probably maybe three grand masters on this side of the world that teach classical feng shui so black hat feng shui which is the westernized version mm-hmm. that came over oh probably 50 years ago by Thime- tibetan monk is the um because they're actually different color hats which distinguish what kind of buddhism uh, they belong to and so his his you know flavor was black and he mixed uh, buddhism with feng shui and brought it over to the states so this is the most recognized type and we call it a westernized version of feng shui it's not authentic
3: is feng shui it's watered down well what's the difference between one and the other
5: uh, well, one is a very watered-down version that sort of looks like um, interior design, mm-hmm. and they use a lot of colors and what they call cures, and right. they put mirrors and wind chimes and bamboo flutes in the house, mm-hmm. and it looks like you know sort of bad Chinese decorating, and, and it really has very little to do with how classical feng shui, which which is practiced quite differently. It's a little, it is esoteric. Because we're use, we're talking about unseen energies, unseen forces, but um, we're also taking a measurement with the compass. We're measuring the magnetic forces of the home, mm-hmm. building the structure that we're examining. We're evaluating, um, and this this is the quintessential tool of anybody who does classical feng shui. Well, they're seeing how those energies come to the mm-hmm. space.
3: All right, stand by. You and I have to take a break. We'll be back shortly. Explanation. Our guest this hour is Denise A. Leota dennis and her website is com, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the x zone from our broadcast center in hamilton ontario canada would you like to be part of history would you like to be part of a satellite search looking for ufos if you would go to www.cubesat.tech my name is rob mcconnell Denise and I will be back on the other side of this break talking about feng shui from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
6: This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people who stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate re-evaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevenrandall.blogspot.com
1: Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Exonation
3: Nation, Denise Leota-Dennis is our special guest this hour. Her website is dragonfatefengshui.com. And Denise, where did your interest in feng shui come from?
5: Well, um, I was in a bookstore, and I had a friend that held up a book on feng shui. I had really never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, it's this is, this is something that would interest you. So I sort of looked into it, and lo and behold, it did. It was esoteric. It was to do with space, uh, a little bit with design, but not so much interior design. Uh, and it was Chinese, and I had all these kind of Chinese things around my home, so it was it was a fit, and it totally fascinated me. The first type I studied was the Westernized version, and I thought, well, that was kind of easy. There must be something else. If it's been around for thousands of years in China, there must be something else to it. So I did a little research and found that there was, in fact, a classical study that was really intrigued me because it had a degree of difficulty to learn um, that satisfied and fulfilled that you know need for knowledge um it was was fascinating and after 20 years of practicing it still is fascinating to me
3: did you travel all over the world to take these courses
5: i did Uh, i was really a woman obsessed i uh, once i learned there was different kinds i Mm -hmm. um, found the nearest one that i could take a class and that was master joseph Yu. and he was teaching a class in louisiana and i was in texas so i just zipped over there but then after that i wanted more and so i traveled and found Grandmaster Yap Cheng Hai flew to Europe to see him, and Kuala Lumpur, South America, um, to keep learning. Um, he was getting up in age; he was mm-hmm. um, almost 80 at the time. And I really was obsessed about getting this knowledge because he had been practicing for almost 60 years and been consulting with, you know, big corporations and banks and master plan communities and other types of feng shui weren't talking about these things. And so I wanted that information. It wasn't available here. It just wasn't available in the States. Um, hardly any classes. It was very, and this was 20 years ago. Now it's more available now, but still sort of skinny on the classes.
3: How do we account for all the different types of feng shui?
5: Well, like I said before, the westernized version came over mm-hmm. and then some little offshoots came from that. And then it became very popular because Americans tend to sort of like the shortcut. And it's a study. So, you know, If They say if you master any of these, what they call the Chinese metaphysical studies, which can be acupuncture and Chinese medicine and martial arts and feng shui falls into that category, uh, that's a lifetime study. So we tend to like the shortcut. We want the fast and whatever, you know. And so the other type, the Western type, was really fast. Mm -hmm. You could get a book. You could learn a few little things and move a little things in your house and – so as a result, it became popular, and little offshoots came from there, which people thought were feng shui. And then you had all these kind of crazy misuses of it, like in marketing. You know, um, I think one of the companies said, you know, feng shui for your belly. And then they, then they have book, crazy books came out, feng shui for your cats and dogs. And mm-hmm. this sort of diminished um, this ancient art, which is the principles of people and the energy in relationship to a structure, which, which is just fascinating. And so it's sort of been reduced, to sort of like new agey kind of thing mixed with religion, um, which is not what it is at all.
3: Well, what is the history of feng shui?
5: Well, going back several thousand years, um, the Chinese just through keen observation, and they, you know, they used this for city planning. And the word actually, the feng shui actually means wind, water. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, water was just a practical thing that needed to be, you know, stationed themselves next to. And then the wind was to protect themselves from, you know, whatever. Um, and so they just sort of observed and wanted to know and really kind of posed the question as why would some people thrive in spaces and homes and buildings and why others, it was just like disaster. And so just over through time, they noticed certain things that if you, for instance, were on top of the mountain, you weren't going to be as lucky and you're going to have sort of disastrous events if you were using the mountain to back you and protect you and water sort of in front of you and where water was placed would bring you lots of prosperity or disaster. So they just, through time, kept Mm -hmm. asking us because they were one of the first cultures to really know about energy. You know, Forget the structures. They knew about the energy of the body through acupuncture, martial arts, and things like that. So this is a nice segue right into like, well, let's see what there is about energy and structures and how does that affect humans and how does that, and more importantly, affect humans' events or what I'll call the human experience. So it really came down to three categories. This is what people are obsessed about they want to they want to prosper uh they're worried about their health Mm -hmm. and they want good relationships so it really came down to those kind of three categories where people want to thrive and they figured it out they figured out some very interesting things some principles that still are applicable even in our modern high technology culture
3: i was just going to say you know here we are in the year 2016 everything is so high tech Mm -hmm. why would anyone turn back and use an ancient uh, oriental art
5: because it still works. Because we're we're still instructors. You know, we're still in buildings. We we work in them. We mm-hmm. um, we live in them. We're there. We're preparing our food. We're sleeping. You know, we're sleeping one third of our lives. They figured out how your bed was placed, where it was, and so forth. It's really going to affect your health um, and all sorts of things. And when they call luck, they have like terms they use like money luck and mm-hmm. um, relationship luck and so forth. They mean opportunities. They don't really mean the gambling table. Is, oh, so is, they figured out. All, I'm it, sorry. Go ahead.
3: Is feng shui used by all the major architectural companies in the United States and Canada?
5: No, no, they don't. It's unfortunate. Here's where it's most used um, in the North American continent is the casinos, mm-hmm. and um, you know that this couple, Asians are really they love sort of obsessed with gambling, and so that was one of the first considerations. And these ones in Las Vegas, are, of course, like cities. And Steve Lin is, uh, has used it in most of his structures there. MGM has been feng shui, quote-unquote feng shui. They came over from Hong Kong because they can't find yeah. feng shui masters. They don't even look for genuine feng shui masters in America. They go right over to Hong Kong.
3: But let me, ask you, let, me ass- of- let me ask you this. If feng shui works so wonderfully, why wouldn't the architectural community grab a hold of this and start implementing it in their designs?
5: Well, that's really a good question, and they are interested. There is no doubt, Rob, that they are interested. I mean, I have consulted with some of the builders. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to classical, now there is some time and money involved to do it correctly. Um, Orientation is one of the biggest things, and so this is is where – it doesn't always fit their practical layout of, a, let's say, a community or a slightly, you know, a tweaking a building to its orientation. They're not willing to, to do some of that. Architects love the idea, but what they have studied and what they've been exposed to, of course, unfortunately, is Western. And you really can't use that for um, – mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything for structures. It's just, you know, it's just um, – they, they call it the bagua. They overlay the bagua and put different things. It's not really can be used for that. But they are keenly interested
3: but here we have something that is thousands of years old and according to has a proven Mm -hmm. track record and, and still. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And this
5: is part of their success. And even China after, uh, after Mao took power, Mm -hmm. he forbid it. He forbid many things, but because you know, here we are one of the oldest cultures on the planet and we're so far behind in technology. We're considered a third world country. Let's get rid of feng shui. Let's get rid of the I Ching. Mm -hmm. Let's get rid of this and that and the other. And so it was forbidden. Now it's, Not so much because their neighboring countries are demanding it if you want to do business. If you want to do business in Hong Kong, which was British rule for 150 years, they're demanding you're not going to put up a bank building unless you hire a feng shui master. So they have acquiesced to, okay, we'll have that, even though they, you know, forbid it uh, still technically. I mean, it's easing up, Um, but it's their ancient knowledge as well. So they're sort of re-embracing it. And so you could even be Chinese as a whole, you know, group, a whole, I would say, couple of generations that don't know that much about feng shui, even though they're Chinese. But they're rich. You know, the Southeast Asia, where they're using it, Taiwan, Singapore, um, Malaysia, they're Mm -hmm. all become rich using this where the buildings have been affected.
3: Is there any proof that can be tied to the success to the feng shui and not just the Times and the and the and the economic times that uh, these countries are going through, because they're basically well, going through yeah. a rebuilding structure. And, it's,
5: and, and that's and that's a good question. You know, is it is it uh, the proof sort of in the pudding? So, like, let's take for instance when we had the big crash here in 2008, and mm-hmm. not only that affected America, that affected you know countries around the world because they were so connected to our finances and some institutions that use it. A lot of banks use it, and they lo and behold sort of stayed stable. Uh, Chase. Uh, Manhattan, uh, Wells Fargo, um, Bank of America, um, in Canada, Royal, Royal Bank of Canada, and in London, the uh, Charter Bank of London. Mm-hmm. So those, and my own teacher did um, the ones in Kuala Lumpur, and they all are sort of stood strong. That doesn't mean that it covers everything
7: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy. So you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like if a person can get discombobulated, does that mean the rest of the time they're just like combobulated? Are we humans always in a state of combobulation? Until, of course, something dramatic happens, and we are discombobulated for a while. Then we go back to being combobulated. Yeah, that's probably how that works. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think.
5: Especially, it's going to start a cycle. But what they were trying to do is to cover so you don't have these spikes. And so in that economic time, which was probably one of the worst ever, um, these banks and these institutions survived because they have been functioned by masters in Hong Kong um so in hong kong as well they have survived all sorts of you know Mm -hmm. disastrous things so it's not meant to cover everything 100 percent i don't think that's even possible any kind of principle or system including feng shui uh but it certainly helps that's what donald trump said he's i don't understand really how it works but you know i know that the buildings mm -hmm. i've done like you know um his big building um in new york trump towers has done extremely well even through as it's been cycling and that building's what 25 years old or something like that
3: well it certainly didn't work for his uh, casinos in uh, atlanta sit atlanta did it, it didn't no, yeah so i don't City think he actually. had those feng
5: shui uh see he doesn't use it this is what i noticed i was watching a thing on tv and he, one of these houses that he had he was showing i, I definitely knew it wasn't good feng shui so mm-hmm. i don't think he's used it on every single thing uh but enough of his buildings uh to bring him and he's a lucky person anyway. Uh, And that's how he got introduced. He lost a ton of money 20-something years ago and went to um, Hong Kong for money. And they said, yeah, sure, we'll give you money, uh, but you're going to have to get somebody to feng shui your buildings from this point on. So he still uses the same lady. I don't know if he picked her or they pointed her, but um, he's still a pretty good fan. is Um, is
3: Is feng shui going to help him in the presidential election?
5: Well, um, that is it. That's the question. Um, He seems to be pretty lucky even though he says some inappropriate things. (laughs) So he's got something he's got something good going Mm -hmm. on. I don't know. uh, I don't know if she's advising him every step of the way, but uh, I know she's still in the she's still in the work. She's still the same consultant that he's had for over 20 years.
3: How long does it take a person to become a master like yourself?
5: Well, I used to have a three-year study, but and I did that for a number of years. My teacher couldn't do that. So you would go, and you would study, and you'd, I mean, you'd go to his classes, and you'd study, and you'd come back, and you'd go. So over that time, it would be like two or three years, but you're traveling on the other side of the world. I also teach, and I had a three-year program, and people really got sort of bored with waiting three years to, to master it. But it really takes probably just like any deep study. Uh, to master it. And, and really, you just begin. It's like when you get, you get the title doctor, you're just beginning, quote unquote, your practice. Well, it's the same thing with this. You've got all the basics, mm-hmm. you learn all the formulas and techniques, and that's what we call them, formulas. And there's tons of them. And you learn some Chinese, you learn about 80 symbols in Chinese, uh, because we use a low pan, which is a Chinese compass. And yeah. um, and so you just start beginning because you're you're think about it you're doing people's businesses you're doing their homes and it takes a while to get really good just like but, anything but a low pen master
3: but a low pen doesn't work on the electromagnetic field
5: well it's what you're just you're measuring the yeah you're working you're just measuring the um earth magnetic energy you're just taking a compass direction right but you, you actually need lo- to
3: you need to use a compass as well as a low pen uh-huh Right?
5: Well, a low pen is a compass.
3: Right, but the low, low pen. Uh,
5: that's the Chinese name for it.
3: But I'm sorry, the, I didn't
5: say that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's their compass.
3: But does the low pen actually have the northeast southwest directional finder needle uh-huh. in it? It
5: does. Oh, it. it has 300. Yeah, it's it's extremely accurate. It's um, It gets down to like a half degree. Wow. I've only think, seen one thing when I was consulting with. I was doing a, a large project, a hotel spa in California years ago, and he had these uh, $40,000 GPS thing, and I was measuring this entrance and i said this entrance is zero degrees what do you get i said well i, mean, I said well, i had zero degrees said, all right i've got to, got to get to my commercial it's so the only please time st- i've ever had anything match up as accurate okay. Whoa, as my low slow
3: pants. down lady because you're ta- lady you're really talking fast slow down oh okay all right okay. i've got to take my commercial break please stand by wow okay this is the exxon M. rob mcconnell stand by
0: Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash XZone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free.
1: While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Weyeka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics, from astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition. We'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Guilda Wuyaka, and the Science of Magic, right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net.
2: I am Dr. Carl
5: O'Helvey, founder president of a new cancer foundation at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Denise Leota Dennis is our special guest. Her website is um, www.dragongatefengshui.com. Uh, with all the electromagnetic uh, de- uh, deviances that are caused by microwaves, cell towers, uh, all the electronics in the buildings these days, how does that affect the feng shui that you do?
5: Uh, you mean, like, if I'm measuring... Um a home or a building.
3: Well, let's say you make a measurement and you make your recommendations for a formula to help. Three Mm -hmm. months later, a cell tower company puts up a cell tower within the immediate vicinity of the home or the office that you just have uh, done your feng shui at. How Mm -hmm. How does that cell tower and the new microwave impulses that are being emitted from the microwave tower affect the feng shui that you've done?
5: Well, the, that is a negative feature. I mean, there's an, if you live next to a cell tower, or you live next to one of these anything electromagnetic things. Th- this is already something I would point out to a client uh, to consider moving.
3: Yeah, but if it, it is
5: no matter what I do, no matter what I recommend, mm-hmm. um, I can't compete with that tower. As far as the measurement, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a, a clean measurement. I am going to get an accurate compass reading. No, but, but my question was what happened?
3: My, quest- my question was what happens if you do your feng shui 3 months later a company installs a cell tower within the immediate vicinity of the home or business that you have just
5: mm-hmm.
3: done your consultation mm-hmm. on. How would this it's affect not gonna,
5: It's not going to It's not going to change my recommendations uh, except if I see that feature mm-hmm. I would tell them this is not healthy. It is not healthy uh, to live next to those. It's not going to – interestingly enough, it doesn't change the – if I'm taking a compass reading, I'm going to still get an accurate compass reading, and therefore my recommendations are still going to uh, hold. But the point is that if they do uh, install something like that, that is really going to affect people's health mm-hmm. um, um, in a serious way. This is not a place you, you're going to want to have your business or your home Those are, like you said, they're emitting energy constantly, 24-7.
3: But how do we get away with that in today's society when every three blocks there's a new cell tower being put up?
5: Well, they're not necessarily where people are living. They're close to businesses, which really wouldn't have the – I mean, it's still negative, but you're not sleeping near that energy. You're working and whatever. But they're all – all of those are very negative. In my next book that's coming out, this is really my focus is – Different things that you can do, different cures that you can place. It's, but still, even with that, you wouldn't want to have one of those so close to you, uh, because it, I, I don't know how the, how far-reaching they are. I mean, technically, as if they go 100 feet, 200 feet, but they are, they will affect the human body. I mean, the Swedes did a lot of study on this years ago about these electrical the electrical towers, not so, even the cell towers. So, what's the difference between all,
3: what's the difference between the place where a person works and spends up to eight to ten hours a day? working compared to the place where he sleeps
5: well i just think that in your in the sleep state you're more vulnerable in the wake state yes it's still negative but you're not quite as vulnerable as when you are in the sleep state
3: why are you you're, more vulnerable? you're really why are you more vulnerable in the sleep state
5: because you're what we call in a yin state you know yang you're moving your energy you're mm-hmm. moving your energy you're walking around you're 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 but when you're in the sleep state, we we'll call it the end. Gotcha. You're like you know the the the, the little death, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're you're able to absorb more of it. Is what I think uh, why affects the health. But they're all they're all negative. But you know, as far as them being every few feet, um, I I here where I live in Houston, I see them more close to like. Um, freeways and things. I don't see them so much near residents Well,
3: how about, a how about a person's Wi-Fi in their house? That emits um, mm-hmm. uh, frequencies. You've got yeah, the, and the, t- you've got the mm-hmm. wireless phones in your home. You've got the televisions uh-huh. in your home. Yeah. How, how, how does this affect a person at home? You're right.
5: Yeah. There are um, what they call a Q-Link. Um, there's another one. There are several, four or five really good companies right now where you mm-hmm. can put that on the main where energy comes in and where all the electricity comes in. And you can put the same thing on the back of your cell phone, which helps. Like I try to put my phone on a speaker so that I don't have it next to my ear all the time. I'm on the phone with clients and try to put it on speakerphone so you don't have it next to your head. Uh, but all of these things, you're right, all of these things will affect our health and our body. They don't so much affect your your wealth, luck, your prosperity, but they do affect the human body. And But they finally they've gotten some pretty good cures Mm -hmm. for these to at least help well
3: wouldn't it be fair to say that if it affects our bodies it would affect our luck it would affect our financial
5: well that's a good point because my my thing is of all the three categories and Mm -hmm. you know when i'm talking to people because they have like lots of questions about different things with feng shui and i always say that of the categories the health to me is one of the most important because if you don't have your health, you um, you can't enjoy your relationships. You can't make money. But if you have your health, you even if you lost a fortune, you can make money again, and you can enjoy your relationships. To me, what would Steve Jobs give to have his health? He would give anything because he was a genius and he could make money again. So it's it's top priority. But we, you're right. We are dealing with all. We're bombarded with all of these different things. Literally, they're they're left and right and everywhere.
3: So how do you think people can benefit from making feng shui
5: adjustments? Well, um, it, it improves those three categories. And when people call, mm-hmm. they're usually um, wanting someone to come feng shui their home because they're feeling that something is not right in one or more of those categories, that relationships could be improved, or they would, they just opened the a business, money, or they have a home-based business, and they'll like more money, or you know, I consult with businesses, and they want to make sure they have prosperous energy, um, so people call from different reasons, but it's usually those, one of those three categories or all three. No matter when they call, most professional consultants are going to look at all three categories, no matter what they're saying that their focus is, because right. we can't ignore one or the other. To me, it's it's all part of the human experience, and all of them need to be as best as possible. But by making some simple adjustments in how you sleep and how you work and even how you're entering exit from your space is really important just some of those simple changes have changed people's um, lives why
3: don't you give us us some examples
5: uh well when like i told you we take a compass direction and once we take that direction a house will have what we call an astrological uh chart an energy chart and that is going to be different even like from your neighbors even a slight degrees and based on that astrological energetic chart we will then determine where The best place where fire would go, that would be like where you cook Mm -hmm. inside, maybe your grills and stuff outside. Where water is, where you have a pond or a spa or a pool, uh, because it activates energy. And then important area is where you sleep and the direction that you're sleeping. This is based on when you moved into your home, when you're born, and the uh, compass direction, and then what's surrounding that home or building. Uh, where the roads are and where the mountains are and where's the river and so forth. And based on all of that, it becomes very specific to the people so you'll get a good result by uh, not the cookie-cutter version yep. because now we're taking when, the, when do you um, initiate the energy when you moved into home, when sort of the home was born and so forth. So you have a more specific picture uh, of making these adjustments so that people are in harmony with where they're living space and you want that space mm-hmm. to support them.
3: I've heard of people uh using mirrors um like you said using chimes uh what else have I heard mm-hmm. Uh the, the changing the of the colors
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, the color red has a significance I believe. Uh-huh.
5: It has it has in classical feng shui, it's like less than 10% mm. in, in the western styles they're using what you just described and then there's crystals in the windows and things like that. And these are really what we call tchotchkes. you know they're like um things that people sell in the in, who practice the Western. And it gives people, it gives them busy work, gives them something to do and something to purchase. And we're not doing that. We're talking about different things. We like move the energy. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of door tilts. You'll see them in Southeast Asia. You'll hardly ever see them in the North American continent, although I've done a few. It, it changed the angle of the door so that it receives energy differently. Those are the kinds of things that we do. We don't do that in every house uh, or every mm-hmm. business, but it's one of the things that we do. Instead of The symbolic, in other words, hanging a picture or hanging a bamboo flute or something, this this is more symbolic things.
3: So if there's such a difference between classical feng shui uh, that is used here in North America and the feng shui that you have spent many years mastering, why does it seem that the classical feng shui is a lot more accepted by the... By North Americans than the classical, because you know all these shows on TV. They talk about uh, interior uh-huh. decorators using feng shui, and they talk about the mirrors, they talk about the chimes, they talk uh-huh. about the colors.
5: Because it sounds, yeah, because it sounds a little sexier and it's easier. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, get a book and you can talk about the little quick little cures and. Um, place something here and it sounds like it sounds like you're redecorating Oh, i'm going to go f- feng shui the house and, mm-hmm. and and so when they have it on tv it sounds like interior fun interior decorating and it's not interior decorating of course you you can bring it to that level but they're mutually exclusive and, and beautiful interiors are always like a positive thing mm-hmm. but that's not the real essence of function it's in that you know we're talking about energy so um and, and I'm not saying that everything's on energy. It is. But it just, when you see the things on TV, it just sounds like fun. You know, like, oh, we're doing interior design. So that's why it became more accepted. And it's funny; It requires no real study mm-hmm. or no real, um, you know, um, no, there's nothing deep about it. it well, it's like a little fun experience. That's why it became so popular and, and, and new agey. So they think they're doing something spiritual, too.
3: Are the results the same?
5: No, they're not. Give me, give me an
3: example of how the results differ
5: well again it's just it's just a uh, symbolic so a mirror the, a mirror has no real power so when they're paying a mirror like they'll say okay you have negative okay rob you have negative feng shui here at mm-hmm. your door and they'll hang like a little mirror to you know kick away the energy or they'll say oh you have a whole side of your house that's missing we're going to cure it and put a mirror there well i mean you know, common sense tells you that this area is still missing. That if, if that's a, if that's an issue that they're um, addressing, the area it's still missing. That didn't make it fill it in. And uh, the mirror has no special power to kick away anything. You know, you want to start out with, by selecting a home that's already with great energy. So you know they may have some success, but it's mm-hmm. by accident. I think. You, you know, I, I know. <laughs> if they s- put the...
3: I know several real estate agents who use classical feng shui consultants uh, for them and their clients. Why would they That's use why, why would they use classical instead yeah. of these the how what would you classify yours as? Traditional?
5: Classical. 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 Mm-hmm.
3: All right. The others western feng shui. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. So so I'm sorry, they're using western feng shui consultants instead mm-hmm. of classical. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that?
5: Well, again, it's 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 easy. You know, and and they're rearrange. See what they're doing is, if, like if I'm a real estate agent mm-hmm. and I have a property that's been listed and it's not sold, and I hire somebody, you know, to cl- come in and feng shui it. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is probably just restaging the property. And and I'm not saying some of them don't have talent, but that's not feng shui. That's talent in interior design and staging. So they can go in and rearrange things so they look aesthetically pleasing and the furniture arrangement is um, more acceptable to most people who come in, because um, people tend to push furniture against walls. So somebody who has staging talents will come in and um, rearrange things and it looks good and they call it feng shui well they really haven't feng shui anything they have just done a little bit of um, staging and interior design
3: all right when we come back from this break i'd like you to tell me how a classical feng shui artist or consultant would work with a realtor this is the x zone i am rob mcconnell we're coming to you from our broadcast center in hamilton ontario canada Our guest this hour is Denise Leota Dennis, and her website is DragongateFengshui.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates and satellite programming providers around the world. We'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. We're talking about feng shui this hour here in the Exxon. Denise Leota Dennis is our guest and her website is dragonfatefengshui.com. All right, how would a classical feng shui master like yourself help a real estate? And if you a real estate agent who is looking for a home for a client or looking to help a client sell their home?
5: Okay. Two, two different pieces. Um, I often work with agents who we share the mutual client. So we, I have the agent go and um, find with you know the um, price they want, size they want, so forth, because we don't get in, so much involved in the aesthetics. And then narrow it down to two or three properties. And then based on what the client is really looking for, if prosperity is the main focus, then I'm looking for the potential of the prosperity energy in that space or those three spaces that they've narrowed it down to. Now, having said that, if it's an extreme shape, um, like really wild, and I've seen all of it, then I would have to tell them to pass on a property like that. We call that extreme design. You don't see it often. Um, you don't see it too much in Houston. And usually those are homes that are very contemporary. And they'll have sharp lines and Weird shapes, and there'll be a C shape or some some crazy something. But that aside, if they've narrowed it down to three or four homes, then I'll help them pick the ones that, uh, based on what their goals are, which is, which wants the best fit. So, Ideally, you want them supporting all three categories: prosperity, the health, and the wealth.
3: So, are you saying uh, that I don't? Are you saying that pointy roofs are 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 not good classical feng shui?
5: No, not pointy roofs. It's the shape of the house. I see. Like, um, if you can imagine. Um, like I did one that was um, like an uh, expanded U, very sharp edges, very contemporary home. Uh-huh. It, it, it's not a normal like what do you call a square or rectangular, like way – I'm talking really extreme. And people don't thrive well in those homes. This is one of the things the Chinese, Chinese figured out. Anything extreme, whether that be the shape of the home or the office building or whatever, any kind of building that it is, and it's an extreme environment, people won't thrive. In other words, you're hanging off of a cliff. And don't think I've been seeing that because I lived in Arizona for a while and you see them homes hanging, literally hanging off of a mountain. So anything extreme, either in the environment, like where it's located or in the design itself, they figured out people do badly. And and sometimes weird things happen, Um, you know, crazy events in people's lives like murders and, you know, crazy stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But most homes are rectangular and square. And now, having said that, now pick the best of the three. And then I've worked with them, uh, a, um, realtors with properties I haven't sold, like slow selling properties. And usually there's some kind of issue uh, that can be um, looked at and give them some you know, countermeasures uh, to sell that property faster and, and some things to enhance it. Right. So both views, you know, both sides of the coin.
3: So what, where does spirituality play into this or the esoteric?
5: Well, it's because it's unseen energy, and you get really tuned in. Now, we're using, you know, the compass, and that's a little bit more scientific, you know, like, okay, it faces Mm -hmm. – your house faces 179 degrees to the south instead of, you know, 189 degrees to the south, which will be a little bit different energetic, you know, chart, you know, for the house. It's like if you have an astrological chart, well, the structure does as well. And so just those few degrees would change it. Um, But having said that, you can – Based on these charts, it's almost like the tarot card. Once you look at it, you can see where the negative and positive energy is. So that's the esoteric part of it is that you can't really see the energy. You can uh, define it. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. And then, and like with anything else, you get really attuned to. And even realtors are. They can go into this creepy. They go into a house or a building. They go, this is creepy. It smells weird. Mm -hmm. Um, It smells like the bankruptcy energy. I even had one agent say that. Uh, this house is not going to sell. They're, they get good at it. So pro- professional uh, consultants do too. They go in and they're just so used to looking at properties that you can tell when uh, the energy is really negative. For instance, ghost. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't think, but there's homes that, you know, ghost come and visit. You know, I had a client this week and lo and behold, and she says, oh, two, um, I, I forgot to tell you, uh, two doors down is uh, an old cemetery right so yeah so, uh, yeah. so ghosts can, and that's that's not good energy you don't want ghosts no. in your house well or your I,
3: I don't I don't know about that I, I've had yeah, paranorm- well- <laughs> I've had paranormal investigators on the show who say that they, they're called into a house <laughs> And the people are very comfortable with having a spirit in the house. You know, it, it yeah, seems I that know. it seems mm-hmm. that the feng shui that you're using also incorporates a lot of reiki. It incorporates ley line structures and ley leyline uh, science. So it's it's it seems that it's the entire gambit of spirituality in new a age. a
5: lot yeah. of that stuff. I, I've had um, yeah. you know uh, uh, clients have had a really horrible experience. This was in um, Fountain Hills, Arizona. And they were right on the ley line where it crossed. And just uh, unbelievable, sad things happened to that family. Now, unfortunately, that was built right on top of it. And so no matter who is in that house, uh, they're going to probably have some of this, some strange experiences like my clients did in that. But, yes, Glasgow uh, Feng shui involves all of those kinds of things. And it's really mm-hmm. um, the environment is considered, uh, you know, greatly. That is, that is, you know, where your roads are and where the water is. And if you have mountains and Uh, If you have mountains, what are they, how are they affecting you? You can't say that you have, you can ignore that and say, you know, Rob, I see you have a big mountain over there, but that doesn't mean anything. Of course it does. Energetically, it does.
3: I I was once told that feng shui has something to do with the legend of a turtle.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it does. Going back about 5,000 years, Mm -hmm. um, the um, shaman king was trying to solve, he was in meditation trying to solve the river flooding and, and probably channeled it. You know, my my teacher, Joseph, Yu said more like the aliens came down and helped him. And maybe that's true as well. But he, in a dream or a vision, uh, a giant turtle came out and he had these dots on his back. And that is called the lo shu. And that's the um, Bible, if you will, to some of the systems that, that we use in classical feng shui. But there's always funny stories of masters when they're describing this, how they feel. And he was Chinese. And so he mm-hmm. said, well, the Chinese believe that they were help, helped by ancient aliens anyway, which I think is fascinating and might be some truth to it.
3: How do you figure that? Because they
5: seem to have a lot of secrets. Because they have a lot of secrets. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of this ancient aliens um, program on TV. And because the Chinese culture had so many things that were so advanced. Um, how they had this knowledge is unbelievable. They invented the compass. Um, not only that, but they had other – they knew about energy. Uh, you know, a lot of cultures were sky watchers, mm-hmm. but the Chinese had a lot of information about energy.
3: Well, didn't the Egyptians also have a lot of information on uh, energy? They did.
5: Yeah, uh, They did, and they might have been visited too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just d- seems like – I... and I don't think it's far-fetched, Rob, really, that, <laughs> um, that we would have our alien brothers and sisters come and give us uh-huh. a little help because, you know, we really could use it but no matter how it came about um, it's it's valid it works um, it's mysterious like the turtle the stories are mysterious how, how much of um, it is a,
3: how much of it is really mind over matter you get you pay somebody some good money come to your house they they do a few things and you know you feel because you've paid this money that all these changes are happening so how, how do we know it's
5: real well, and not psychosomatic yeah, you don't have to have yeah you don't have to have belief in uh, feng shui uh, to know that energy is real and it works, it's like we don't have to have a belief in electricity, but we know and we can't see it. Mm-hmm. We know it. We know it works. We know that it's real. Yeah, but once again, uh, I go back can... to
3: I go back to my original question: that if it works so well, how come major architectural companies and home builders don't use it?
5: Because we're still not there yet in, in America. They still don't have the right information. This is why I write books as fast as I can, uh, trying to educate people that hey, guess what? You know, what you think feng shui is, mm-hmm. it's not the authentic how they practice on the other side of the world. Where they invented it. They don't even recognize the stuff like these books we're talking yeah. about. Like the little bamboo flutes mm-hmm. and then you're talking about the mirrors and things. Yeah. That is the Western style. They wouldn't even know what you're talking about if you brought that on the other side of the world where feng shui was invented. But but isn't it they true? Don't know what you're...
3: But isn't it true <laughs> that Western feng shui practitioners say the same thing about classical feng shui?
5: No, they can't because this is the this is the roots of it. How how can they? Wow. And they don't even know what some of these systems are. Like like if they go from okay, I'm going to study classical because mm-hmm. I've, I've done everything I can on the Western. Sure. They'll go to a system called Flying Stars. Yep. Uh, and then they, but it's a huge, comprehensive bodies of knowledge, and that's only one part of classical feng shui. One method, and it is a significant method. Doesn't master but it's only one.
3: Doesn't master you uh, teach the Flying Star?
5: Uh-huh, yeah. because it's part of the classical.
3: Yeah, I've had the pleasure. But most of...
5: people who do Western, yeah, yeah, don't.
3: Yeah, I've had the pleasure of sitting in on his courses. So, uh-huh.
5: uh, you know. Yeah, he's he, terrific. He he he's He's the genuine article. Yep, he is. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he, is. He, he teaches the classical and would like you to learn a little bit of the
2: mm-hmm.
5: Chinese because it sort of connects you to that ancient knowledge. Yeah, We've he's, got about he's incredible. We've
3: f- got about 40 seconds left. What What is your final message for the listening audience of the Exonation when it comes to feng shui?
5: Well, investigate it, and investigate it for yourself as well, uh, because there's a lot to know. Mm -hmm. And if they have, if if your audience has has read and are intrigued with feng shui in general, and they like the subject, then investigate it further um, to satisfy that um, many things that you brought up today about the Western as opposed to the classical. And it's not, you know, a contest. It's just that one goes back and it has such a huge body of knowledge and one is just a little watered down version that looks like interior design
3: denise thank you so much for joining us great pleasure thank talking you to you continued success thank you so much and exo nation if you'd like more information on denise please visit her website it is www.dragongatefengshui.com i'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exon from our broadcast center in hamilton ontario canada check us out online at wwwxone tvcom and to get all the latest listings of all the new programming on the Xone broadcast network visit www.xzbn.net we'll be back after this news break don't go away